Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a minute and just relax. God is right there with you. You don't need to get his attention. You don't need to talk him into giving you attention to moving on your behalf. You don't need to talk him into being concerned about you. He loves you unconditionally. And if you are reborn in your spirit, you are already one with him. So you can rest in that. The All the hard work has been done. Part of our challenge is that we don't know what our work is, what our job is. And we find it so hard to combine the whole concept of resting in him and being diligent to be doing what God has placed before us to do which is why I kind of use the two sides of the same coin illustration, is that they're, they're combined, they're, they're locked together. They are uh, the, the same purpose that God has for us. His side, where he is healing and restoring your soul, my soul. He's renewing your mind. Not to something it's never been, but back to its relationship with your spirit. Your soul and your spirit were created to be one, and your body as well. Your body's more temporary, but your soul was meant to be uni- not just united as one, but your Spirit gives life to your soul. <clears throat> this is one of the reasons why we aren't experiencing the supernatural realm. is because we are so little able to receive that eternal life that we are already experiencing in our spirit. It's it's there. It's completely available. But our soul has barely begun to be renewed. And very often when we experience things in the supernatural realm, let alone the spirit realm, but in the supernatural realm, in the soulical realm, and the soulical realm, we could simply say, is the soul-functioning without hindrance. We've, we've got a ways to go until that happens because we can think, think of your soul as in a straitjacket. Your soul has gotten so used to doing things on its own, maintaining control. Again, now God doesn't get mad at us. He's not at all frustrated even. We are. But this was all his idea. 
and we, we, we've been talking about it being warfare, but really what's important to understand is that this is, the process is what matters, not arriving, not getting somewhere, not achieving something, not getting to a certain level, not being able to be used by God, not, le- not achieving a certain level of holiness or ministry or recognition or glor- glor- you know, glorifying God. None of that is what's important to God. You are what's important to God. And he has set a pathway for each one of us. Not so we can achieve something that, again, is, is going to glorify him. He does, he's not up on his throne somewhere going, okay, nobody's glorifying me. You know, I, I need somebody to glorify me, to honor me, to, to praise me. He doesn't have any needs. He's already got all the honor and glory he needs. He glorifies himself. He doesn't need us to do that. Now, we get to. We have the privilege and the joy of recognizing our God and all his attributes, but we are, he doesn't need it. So we don't need to be concerned. You know, this is, I think, kind of connected to our concept of prayer. You know, that we've kind of lowered the concept of prayer that we can, if we do or say or act a certain way, we can get God to do and say and act a certain way. And very often we are consumed with trying to get God to do things our way. And that robs us of seeing the path that God has placed us on. It keeps us from being able to both enjoy and work, put the effort in. Now, a lot of times the effort isn't what we think. A lot of times it's just putting aside what we think we know. It takes, it takes effort. God is restoring your mind. But we are... But as our mind is restored, it has an effect on what we believe. Even, let's just take that example of the, of the prayer. When we, when we understand that our spirit is there already to meet all our solical needs, that you don't need to go anywhere else, your spirit is in God. And God and your spirit are already enjoying all the eternal life you're ever going to get. And because that's true, right now, your soul has everything it needs for life and godliness here on this earth. It's all there. It's all available. It's, it's like it's in a locker, and it's got, the locker has your name on it. And the locker doesn't have a lock on it. It's just we're so busy going about our own business, doing things that we think we need to do, that we don't go to the locker to find out what's inside, how to deal with what's inside, how to, how to learn to live as a spirit being. 
to live and move and have our being as a spirit being here on this earth. So if we look at, at prayer, we think, okay, you know, I've, we're taught about, you know, uh, being in one accord and, you know, a prayer chain and uh, if we are uh, pray according to his will. Well, those are all subject. Those are all things that are, again, we're still trying to get God to do something. Now, I don't know why sometimes he answers or responds to those kinds of efforts. I just think he's compassionate. And a lot of times when he does that, it's not for our benefit. It's, it doesn't turn out well. You know, oh, I really, you know, just let's all pray and get little Johnny into a particular college. And we, you know, storm heaven and we fast and we pray and, you know, somebody thinks we need to call the president of the of the college to get him in there. He he really need he really wants to go to that college and he really needs to get in there. And lo and behold, he gets accepted into that college. And then you find out not only is he in over his head, he gets in with the wrong crowd and he quits two years into going to that college with fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt and having uh, you know, gain no benefit from that experience except the debt, and he's back to square one. Now, all part of our experience. That's a, That was what little Johnny needed to go through for God's purpose. I do, he's, God is totally sovereign. But if we don't sit and stop and go, Maybe that wasn't the wisest thing to do is insist with God that little Johnny go to that college. And if we don't stop and think, maybe my thoughts need to change about that. Now that I start to believe that God knows what's best for little Johnny, God knows he's directing his path, that's more important than where he goes to college. I can release little Johnny into God's hands and be there and encourage and guide him and say, if we don't have the, the money to go to that college, you're not going to that college. If, if we have to go to this length, maybe this is not the best college for you. And make different decisions rather than just, oh, we, you know, we can get him in there because we can make God you know, change the the mind of the admissions officer. We we can do this. You know, there's no power on earth that can keep us from, you know, getting what God wants for us. Well, is it really what God wants for us? And if we don't stop and go, wait a minute, and and reflect, you know, ref, you know, this is sometimes really hard. How many times have we just sat and spent time and reflected on our life and looked back and seen, you know, we very often were, were caught, were caught up with emotions when we look at the bad decisions we made or even some of the good ones. That we don't go, okay, now the, the, mat, the point is not whether it was the right decision or the wrong decision, but looking back, Lord, is there anything you want to tell me about that decision? I accept that every day of my life has been crafted by you 
but I want to learn from every day and joy and rest and make the most out of every day. And a lot of times that only happens by looking back. So that's your homework. Spend some time just looking back at your history. Are there times when you have tried to force the issue with God or yourself or with other people in your life, with your boss, with your pastor, with your spouse, your kids, your parents, and you haven't sought counsel from God, from your own spirit within you, and you've, whether it turned out right or not, can you look back, ask God, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Is there anything? Because that's what matters. We're, every one of us, every day is going through something. Is We're each making, you know, on that path and we're taking steps and we're, we're walking down that path, sometimes running, time, sometimes sliding down that hill. But we're all, you know, time is passing for each one of us. But part of the work that we are required to do is be reflective. And in that reflection, be objective. Was this the wisest thing to do? Why did I do it? What was I believing at the time? Is what I believed then different from what I believe now? And that can be really intriguing because a lot of times we don't see how our beliefs change. Now, in, in, in a lot of ways, we can, you know, we talk about how, you know, young people are and then how, well, wait, just wait till you've, you know, been in the, in the workforce for a while. You'll think totally different about, you know, uh, this, this particular subject. Or wait until you have kids of your own. That, we've all heard that one. You know, then you'll know how hard it is to, to deal with this kind of a situation. So there's something that's in the world system that we learn, but it's also in the solical system, the supernatural realm, that we can, you know, and, we've, and, and say somebody's telling their kid, you know, just wait till you're a parent. You'll see how, you know, how difficult this situation is. And, you'll, you know, hopefully your parent will be good as I am and, and to keep you from ruining your life by, let's say, drinking and driving or something. I'm going to insist on you keeping your curfew, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes we do. We think back and we go, okay, yeah, that, you know, I hear my parents' voice telling me not to do such and such or how to behave. When, ha- when faced with this situation, being pulled over by a police officer, for instance. So we, it, it comes up. But that's also true in the supernatural realm. I think that's one of the purposes of Scripture, of the Bible, is for things, for a, a shorthand way to be reminded of what God his stance is towards us, how much he loves us, how much he's guiding us. You know, we all have favorite scriptures, and there are favorites because they're meaningful to us. And it doesn't mean that 
okay, that's that's what we build on. It's just a reminder. It's just a reminder that God loves us and that he is being diligent. He is working diligently on his part, on his side of the coin, on restoring our soul, healing our emotions, revealing the lies we've been believing, the doctrines. Now, so so as you see you yourself that you have changed, where maybe at one point in time you thought one thing and then over time it, you see another, don't you don't have to get too caught up in when did when did that happen? You know, when did that change? What caused that to change? Don't get too caught up in the details unless God brings them to the surface. The, what matters is to recognize that you've changed. One of the things that, that does is it gives us greater acceptance that we are going to change more. God is a very personal God. He, do, he treats each one of us as individuals. Each one of us is on our own path. And each one of us is learning something different. As he restores our unique and individualized wounds, for instance, to restore our individual soul to our individual spirit, even though it's in, you know, consumed in God, one with him, it's still an individual individuality. I don't understand all of it, and I'm fine with that. I think, we, you know, we could talk about individual, let's talk about light. Light is still made up of different molecules vibrating, but they're individual molecules. Do we say, okay, that's a bunch of individual molecules vibrating in certain frequencies? No, we say that's light. That's, that's your soul. That's your spirit. We use terms, we use words to try to communicate with ourselves to try to communicate with one another, but those, but are, we are, we always fall short in encapsulating, in in fully describing and experiencing who and what spirit is, who and what our soul is. And experience is the best teacher. You can't argue with somebody who's had an experience. This is. I'm always amazed at people who try, who are atheists and think Christians are nuts. For instance, to me, there's there's just such a, an arrogance there that just because they haven't experienced what we've experienced, they conclude that we didn't experience it. Which is one of the best ways to quickly and simply evangelize, if we want to use that that term. If you've got a, a friend or a relative or even just an acquaintance, and you and you want to, uh, you know, you, you know, using the old term, witness to them, the best way to put them in a, in a position where they are ready to hear from God is simply that, is ask them. 
you know, oh, you know, so many people, I don't believe in God. That's, you know, that's not something I'm interested in. There's no God or, you know, which God are you talking about? There are so many and I am my own God, et cetera, et cetera. And you can just say, well, you know, from my experience, there's only one God. And he's very real to me because he's revealed himself and I experience a relationship with him on a regular basis, moment-by-moment basis. Would you, if God was real and he revealed himself to you, would you be open to that? And that's all you have to say. Now, if they say no, they're, they're actually agreeing that they're, could be something there. They're saying, no, I don't want God. That's fine. That's not your responsibility. That's between the, them and God. And God rarely, you know, believes. Now, that's not, we all want God. Everybody wants God. doesn't matter what, what words come out of our mouths. Our, our soul hungers to be reunited with spirit. But then if they say, well, what do you mean? And you say, well, if God convinced you that he was real would you be open to that how about you if god wanted to make himself real to you more real than he's ever been would you be open to that it's not that hard you simply say yes i'd be open to that then it's all between god and them it's all between you and god you don't have to convince them. You don't have to get your scriptures out or your, your you know, any kind of, you know, um, uh, portraying, you know, the resurrection, who Jesus, proving who he was. No, this is about us and, and those were, you know, around us and God. God doesn't need our help. He reveals himself. Now, they may come back and say, well, I have some questions for you. Great. Because you're, you're assisting, you're not driving. You're giving, you know, guidance. You're not acting on behalf of God. God's on, working on his own behalf. And he, he's, he's a much better God than we are. He knows what he's doing. And so we can simply say, and how long does that take? A minute, 30 seconds. If if God wanted to make himself real to you, where you were convinced, yes, there is a God, and, a, and, and I know who it is now. If he did that, would you be open to that? If he could make himself real to you, would you be open to that? And if you want to come up with your own, own phrase, it doesn't have, there's no magic about the words. It's just you don't want it to be based on, on something uh, in between. Like, you know, be, for instance, you don't want to say, well, well, it's unhelpful to say you have to believe in this in order to believe in God. No, you have to believe in the resurrection to believe in God. No, you don't. You have to believe that the Bible is, you know, inerrant or something. No, you don't. Somebody's stuck on a, on a desert island, plane crash. He's the only survivor. Can God just simply reveal himself to him? Absolutely. 
And that person might have a much more enjoyable relationship with God than any of us with all with everything, all our resources available to us. We're all on an island. We're all, we all want to experience God. We all want to be changed. Our soul wants to be changed. But we can have that confidence that if we, if we find ourselves in that situation, we don't, need, we don't need to be the perfect purveyor of truth. We don't need to be the per- perfect representation of, of God, of Christ. You know, especially at the workplace. That can be really difficult. Cause, or in, within the family. You know, somebody loses their temper and then they turn around and, and we go to church with them and they're, you know, all you know, holy and, and uh, doing the religious thing, doing the Christian things that Christians do. And yet we know we just had a big, huge fight at home. That's not what's important. Is It's the reality of our relationship with God. This is one of the reasons we've been talking so much about the, the waiting on him. The waiting, it, he draws us. That simply gives him more and more opportunity and time to renew your soul to your spirit. We've talked so many times about Adam and Eve. That's, in one sense, we're returning to that reunion of our spirit, soul, and body that Adam and Eve experienced. But you and I will be, will have different characteristics, different attributes that Adam and Eve could not achieve while they were fully one with God in the garden. They never had gratitude. They never experienced, you know, they never, they never experienced having their needs met because they were always met. They never experienced God as a healer because they were never wounded. They never experienced loneliness because they were never alone. They were always one with God. They were always one with each other. So a lot of the things that we are trying to get out of, trying to avoid, even using God to avoid that. You know, we, we you know, this is one of the beliefs that, that comes out of that, that if we're in the will of God, we won't experience loneliness. We won't experience being rejected. We won't experience anything negative. And yet those are the very things that God wants us to experience. Not because he likes to see us hurt, but because he wants us to know how to go to him to get healed. How to accept unconditionally what he gives unconditionally. And and yes, then to turn and give unconditionally what we have received unconditionally. That's just part of it. It's not the goal. It's, you know, it's training. It's a simple, you know, it's, it's an experience we have to share with others 
what we have received. And that's not necessarily, you know, unless God says this is your task for today, I want you to share this with this person. Or it just comes up, you're talking to the person, hey, by the way, who, you know, there's no scorecard. You've already, you've already got the passing grade because Jesus himself has shared your scorecard with his father. So you're getting in on his score. And he got a perfect score on everything. So you don't need to worry about the way God sees you. You are one in him. We are joint heirs and co-inheritors with his son. And that's about learning to live with the soul that God has given us. To live and move and have our being here on this earth. But that's the process of change. And, you know, none of us likes to change. We, are, we like being in control. And even if things are hard or difficult, we'd rather stick with something that's familiar than take a risk. Oh, it could get worse. I could do something embarrassing. Could say the wrong thing. Well, anytime we we change, anytime we try something new, there's going to be opportunity where we're going to be rejected. And that's fine, because we're going to learn to go to him for comfort. That's one of the reasons that he's called the comforter and the counselor and our guide. So be encouraged, and God knows exactly what he, he's doing and what is on your plate and what, what, where you are in your experience along on your path. So you're here. You're with him. He's with you. There's nothing amiss. You're right on time and you're right on track. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at org or through Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.